This is Andy. Welcome back to the Sprinkler Nerd Show. This is episode 40. And again, I'm recording this episode from my truck. I did not have an opportunity to interview a couple guests that I had lined up this week, but I did have a couple things on my mind that I thought I would share with you today. First of all, I hope that this audio comes out a little bit clearer than the other two times that I recorded from my truck. The first time I was recording directly onto my iPhone. And then the second time I had a uh, Rode lavalier mic plugged into kind of a, a lightning to TRRS adapter. And both times it was hard for me to get the background noise to, to come out of the recording. Today I am trying the Audio-Technica ATR2100, which is a dynamic microphone. The other two styles, the both the iPhone and the lavalier mic, were condenser microphones, which pick up pretty much everything. And because this is a dynamic mic, it only picks up sound that is basically directly in front of the mic. So I hope this comes out a little bit better. And there was a couple things on my mind this week. I had a couple e-commerce coaching calls, and then I spoke with a a woman from Forbes magazine about sort of my e-commerce journey and sort of this new economy where you can um, earn a living either in addition to your day job or independently. And she's basically writing a book about, you know, how a million people can all run million dollar businesses without any um, employees, which is essentially how I first got started. And so she wanted to hear the story of how I got started. And I'm often asked about that. And so today on my way to work, I thought I would just share a couple of the things that I remember about when I started my first e-commerce business and how I started it. And yeah, so let's roll the intro music and then I'll come right back. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. All right, so as I mentioned in the intro here, Oftentimes I'm asked how I started my first e-commerce business because there are a lot of you out there that either want to start an e-commerce business or want to start a business of your own, or maybe you're working for a landscape and irrigation contractor and you want to start your own business, or you're working for a distributor or manufacturer and you have an idea for a product. There has never been a better time than right now to start your own business, whether that's a contracting business, a service business, a product business. And I'm fortunate enough to have started quite a few on my own. Some made more money than others, but I was able to do it with essentially no money out of pocket. And when I say no money out of pocket, that's not completely true. I maybe spent $500. But when you think about, gosh, how did you start an e-commerce business with $500? It sounds crazy. And when I think about that now, actually, it does sound crazy because now that I have some capital, I may not do the same. I may not take the same steps today that I that I took when I first started. So let me roll the clock back to 2004. I was working for an irrigation distributor 
I was an account manager. I was specializing in sort of the central controls and the technology space at this distributor. And anytime I think you're working in a day job, you have a comfort of receiving a check. There's security with that. It should be enough to you know, pay your pay your essential bills, your mortgage, your car payment, your heating, your food, you know, and maybe a little left over to have some fun with. But I really felt like I was not able to earn the income that I thought was possible. And even if I had totally killed the numbers, I mean, 10x the sales numbers, I don't think I could have made more than a hundred or one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I just felt like it was a hmm, a path of a path to nowhere, essentially, other than just doing the same thing every day and perhaps expecting different results for more effort put in. So what I what I sort of thought was, how can I make a living on my own? What skills do I need? How can I do this? I don't have any capital. I can't hire people. I can't go six months or a year without a paycheck. And it just so happened that this was, I think this was the fall of 2004, and one of my jobs at this distributor was to sell Christmas lights, so let's call them holiday lights, and teach contractors how to how to sell them, how to estimate them, how to install them. And the manufacturer of these Christmas lights, when they came to visit us at the distributor to do some training, we were out at dinner, just myself, um, I think my wife may have been there too, and the two owners. And I said they were giving us the pitch about the holiday lights. This was, of course, well before LED lights had come to the market. And, you know, sort of their pitch on on why their holiday lights were better than those that you might find in a hardware store or Home Depot and Lowe's, etc., was that these lights were twice as bright, uh, which meant, so the technology on these on these holiday lights, they had magnifying glass tips. So instead of the tip, the traditional candle type tip, these had rounded tips that had magnifying glasses. So when you caught a glimpse of one of these lights uh, directly, it was much, much, much brighter. And as the trees moved and such with a little bit of wind, they almost like sparkled or twinkled a little bit. You know, their pitch was, this is why contractors will have an advantage selling these lights. They are better than the lights that you will find at your traditional box store. So as a homeowner, this is one of the benefits you'd get if you choose to have a contractor install your lights. They were brighter, they last longer because they're actually lower wattage because of this magnifying tip. And the uh, cable size, I believe, was a little bit larger. So you could put more Christmas lights end to end. So there were some product advantages there. And of course, I first thing I asked them was, hey, can you, buy these lights on the internet because I was thinking, all right, if you can't buy it in the box store and the homeowner just found out about them, why can't they just go online and buy them? Remember, this is 2004, so people were buying online, but not like they were today. And to my, uh, you know, to my, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, I was, I was floored when the manufacturer said, no, you, these Christmas lights are not available online. And of course, me connecting the dots, thinking ahead, you know, my eyes wide open. I feel like there's this opportunity here. I said, okay, would you mind if I tried to sell these lights online? And they said, sure, go ahead. So at that moment, I had a business idea. I was going to sell these Christmas lights online. I just needed needed a couple things. 
I realized I did not need money for inventory because the distributor I was working for had lights in inventory. And so I didn't need to buy them. I didn't need to stock them. They were already in the warehouse, ready to be sold. I could buy them at contractor price and sell them at you know MSRP, if you will. I just needed a website. I needed to figure out how to take a transaction online. And I needed to figure out how the heck I'm going to get a sale. So it's really those three things, website, traffic, and conversion with no money. <laughs> so I had no money. I needed a website. So what did I do? I went to Google and started to do some research and I found a free sort of uh, e-commerce platform it was called OS Commerce or Open Source Commerce. And the reason it was open source is that it was sort of built by the community and you had to know some code to get it launched, but it wasn't a uh, sort of software as a service like you see today. You had to uh, get your domain name, load up the site, um, get things in place if you and basically tweak the code in order to make it work. So that's what I did. I spent many nights figuring out, reading in these forums, learning code to build this website. And I built it on a domain called supertwinkle.com. Makes me laugh today, but you know, these lights were called super mini lights and they were half the world called them twinkle lights in addition to Christmas lights. So I opened up business as supertwinkle.com. The next thing I needed was traffic and I did not know how to get any traffic. I didn't have much money to buy traffic with advertising. And from the research I was doing at that time, I learned that search engine optimization takes time. You can't just load up a website and expect there to be traffic. So I had to get creative. And remember, this is back in the early days of Amazon. This is before um, there was really many third-party sellers on Amazon. I believe it was just Amazon buying and selling product directly. And so what we did, my wife and I, actually, this may have been her idea. I should give her the credit for this. She found a popular set of Christmas lights on Amazon.com. And down in the comments, she said, these lights are great. You know, they work well. However, I bought a pair of these super bright lights from supertwinkle.com, and they're even better. Before you knew it, we had our first sale on supertwinkle.com. We directed that traffic from amazon.com in the comments, which is totally against terms of service, and I don't even think you can do it now, over to our website and got our first sale. And after we had our first sale, we started to get more sales and more sales and more sales. And the beauty of this was we took the credit card transaction online. So let's just use a round number. It was $40 of Christmas lights. We had $40, $40 landed in our bank account. And we hadn't spent any other money. We had the money up front. Then I would go to work. I would uh, buy the Christmas lights right at contractor price. And then on the way home, I would stop at Staples. This was in Annapolis, Maryland. If you're from that area, you'll know the Staples that uh, I'm talking about. And I would ship them out UPS to the customer. And that's how this sort of model worked. I would get the order cash in hand. I'd go to work, I'd buy the product on the way home, I'd ship it out. And it was always this sort of cash flow positive uh, first model. And so I was able to sort of bankroll this small little business by taking orders and then fulfilling product, taking order, fulfilling product, taking order, fulfilling product without having any inventory costs or other business overhead. So that was the start of supertwinkle.com. It wasn't long before the manufacturer of the Christmas lights created something called the tree keeper bag. 
And this is a uh, upright storage bag for artificial Christmas trees. So you can keep your tree all completely assembled. The bag uh, wraps around the, the stand at the bottom of the tree. And after the holiday season, you pull the bag up kind of like a sleeping bag and all the branches of the tree fold up. So they had invented this product and they said, hey, Andy, you're doing great selling our Christmas lights online. Why don't you see if you can sell this um, Christmas tree bag online? So I was up for the challenge. And before you knew it, I was selling their upright storage bag online. And this was under the name supertwinkle.com. But then I realized something. After I was selling the Christmas tree bag on supertwinkle.com, I was introduced to the world of pay-per-click advertising. A friend of ours' father had just sold his hats business in Annapolis. It was called Hats in the Belfry, and he was one of the first hat stores to take a brick-and-mortar retail store, convert it online, and I think he quickly went to seven figures, and then he sold the business and exited out. But he grew his business using the Google AdWords platform, uh, using pay-per-click advertising. And so he uh, taught me some of the quick fundamentals for using Google advertising. And it was at that point I realized that when you're using Google advertising and you want to get in the mind of the customer and you want to create an ad that has high relevancy and that converts well, you need to basically create an ad that shows up so that the user thinks to themselves, wow, that is exactly what I'm looking for. So the research at the time showed me that the keyword phrase was Christmas tree storage bag. And then the product that I was selling was called the tree keeper bag. And so if I wanted to sell tree keeper bags, I needed a a new domain name, a new look and feel so that when somebody landed on my website, they thought, wow, this is the Christmas tree storage bag that I'm looking for. And so I pivoted the business, which was Christmas lights on supertwinkle.com over to uh, the new business name, which was Treekeeper Bag, where I was selling just this one upright storage bag on treekeeperbag.com. And again, this was, uh, gosh, this may have actually been the following year. Sometimes think, trying to think back 16 years gets a little fuzzy. Uh, I think it was the year later, after, after I'd already selling Christmas lights, the following year, I launched treekeeperbag.com. And again, this was a dropship model. So they had these, the manufacturer had Treekeeper Bags in their warehouse in Utah, And I would take the order and then I built the system to automatically email the manufacturer the purchase order. So every day an order would come in, uh, I would get the money, then the email would automatically send out to the vendor, to the manufacturer, and then the manufacturer would ship to the customer. And I was making a margin. So I was making, let's just say, if it was a $100 bag, which I think it was, and I was at a 50% margin, um, by the time advertising costs were out of it, I was making like 40 bucks. And again, this dropship business was a fantastic model uh, for me at the time because I didn't have capital. So I didn't have capital to buy that inventory, hire people, take that kind of a risk. And the dropship model meant that I had the money first and then I could deliver the product second. Now, there are so many reasons not to do dropship. And at the same time, there are other reasons to do dropship. And we'll get into that in another episode. But I really just wanted to try to... Uh, paint the picture of how I was able to start this business with $500, um, which essentially is no money, but a lot of my time, effort, and energy. And by the second year, I think I was making about $50,000 of net profit into my bank account. 
And, you know, what's really cool is, you know, yes, it may have, you know, in some somebody's eyes only been 50,000 and in someone else's eyes, holy shit, 50,000. I can tell you that I was floored. It kept my wife at home. It also kept me really enjoying my day job, uh, which I still enjoy this work today because I don't work for money. So for me in the irrigation industry, I work because I enjoy it. I don't do it for the money. Uh, if I want to make money, I make money on my own doing other things. It's working in the irrigation industry for me is not about the money. It's about influencing change. And so I think, you know, we're getting close here. I'm about to pull into my office and I really just wanted to share my startup story because people ask it a lot and I may have rambled a little bit, but I just want to leave you with the thought that anything is possible. And as long as you minimize your risks, and what I mean by that is don't borrow a bunch of money, don't spend your life savings. If you have an idea for a new contracting business, or if you have an idea for a new product, maybe a new trenching shovel, don't go spend a whole bunch of money hiring attorneys to file patents and build molds and make prototypes. That, that is not a good use of, your, um, of any time and money that you have. I would recommend figuring out how to sell one or, in this case, pre-sell as many as possible so you can test the viability of your product or your idea and not spend a bunch of money so that if it doesn't work out, you haven't financially lost. If anything, you've only gained. So when I look back at my uh, experience 15 years ago and all the time and energy that I put into figuring out e-commerce, it wasn't, I didn't get rich off that first business idea. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm not rich now. However, I have learned and developed and built a brand new skill set that I've been crafting for 15 years in e commerce. And that skill set is priceless. Products come and go, businesses come and go, but the knowledge that you gain over time, just like if you're a landscaper or irrigation professional, with 15 or 20 years of experience, that that knowledge and that expertise, that experience is priceless. And so if you wanted to get into something new like e-commerce or digital marketing or uh, launching an Amazon product label brand and the product fails, that's okay. It's the knowledge and experience that you gain along the way that can take you to the next one or the next one or the next one. And it, it's those that are most persistent that will win over time. So that's my takeaway for the day. Hope you enjoyed this story. And uh, until the next episode, happy sprinkling, and we'll talk to you then.